John 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and clothed him in a purple robe. And they kept coming up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and were slapping his face. Pilate went outside again and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no grounds for charging him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here's the man. When the chief priests and the temple servants saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourselves, since I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? You would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him. But the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the Stone Pavement, but in Aramaic, Gabbatha. It was the preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon. Then he told the Jews, Here is your king. They shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Then they handed him over to be crucified. Then they took Jesus away. Carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and two others with him, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a sign made and put on the cross. It said, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Don't write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier. They also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who gets it. This happened that the scriptures might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, when Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was sitting there, so they fixed a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Then, bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies to remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a special day. They requested that Pilate have the men's legs broken and that their bodies be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other one who had been crucified with him. 
When they came to Jesus, they did not break his legs since they saw that he was already dead. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows he is telling the truth. For these things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, they will look at the one they pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus but secretly because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the fragrant spices, according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pilate found Jesus innocent, but still had him beaten. Pilate still allowed the soldiers to torture Jesus and mock him. We don't know how many times Jesus was beaten. We just know from the prophecy of Isaiah 52:14 that he was beaten beyond human recognition. This is not the image we often see of him on the cross with a few cuts and a trickle of blood. That feels like a mockery compared to what he actually endured. This beating was a total undoing of his body. Then Pilate presented Jesus as innocent before the crowd. It seems like Pilate's curiosity was piqued. He was intrigued. He wanted to know where Jesus was from, and he grew fearful. He tried to find a way to release Jesus, and Jesus still could have stopped this at any moment, but he yielded to the Father's plan. He even told Pilate that the Father was the one who gave Pilate his position of authority. But ultimately, Pilate, in all his power, was more afraid of the Jews than of Jesus. It was about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover, which is a day set aside for the Jews to prepare for that upcoming holiday. The day of preparation precedes the Sabbath, either their regular weekly Saturday Sabbath or a special holiday Sabbath. The day of preparation is when they do all their work so they can rest on that Saturday Sabbath or that holiday Sabbath. The sun would be setting in about six hours and everyone had to have their preparation done by then before the Sabbath started. As everyone was rushing around trying to get all their work done, the Jews were rushing to have Jesus crucified. They took him to a place where the Romans crucified lots of people on a regular basis. The Romans often crucified people on the main roads going into the city for a couple of reasons. First, they would only execute people outside the cities. And second, these crucified criminals would serve as a warning to incoming visitors not to threaten Rome. So Jesus was probably crucified by a main road leading out of the city on a stripped tree trunk that was used over and over again for various criminals. He was probably crucified at street level, eye to eye with all the people walking past, because verses 26 through 27 tell us he was close enough to talk with onlookers despite not having much breath in his lungs from the torture. Scripture never says this happened on a hill, but it probably did because Jerusalem and the outlying areas are basically all hills. We do know it happened at Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Some believe that phrase describes any place of death, while others say it refers to a hill that looked like a skull. There's a spot to the north of the city where the garden tomb is located. It's right by a hill that resembles a skull face. And by the way, the word Calvary is just the Latin translation of the word Golgotha, so they're referring to the same place in a different language. I say all of that to say, we don't know for sure where Jesus was crucified and buried, but we have some educated guesses. 
Some believe he was crucified on a hill on the west side of the city, which is now marked by the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and other scholars say it was on the north side, which is now marked by the Garden Tomb. Those sites are both on Mount Moriah. That's the hill where Abraham took his son to offer him up as a sacrifice in Genesis 22, foreshadowing this event 2,000 years later where God provided the true sacrifice, his son. As Jesus was being crucified, Pilate accidentally prophesied that Jesus was the king of the Jews by hanging a sign on the cross with that title inscribed. The soldiers cast lots over Jesus' clothes, which not only fulfilled prophecy, but also potentially gives us some insight into something we'll read about tomorrow. Right before Jesus died, he gave up his spirit and cried out the phrase that reminds us that we can add nothing to his saving work on the cross. He said, It is finished. When they came to make sure he was dead, they pierced his side and both blood and water poured out. According to some medical professionals, that probably means he died of a heart attack. How fitting. Because the sun was about to set and the new day was about to start, which was a holy day when they couldn't do any work, they got him off the cross quickly. A Pharisee named Joseph asked for his body and buried him in his own tomb nearby. Then Joseph and Nicodemus and a few of the women who were there wrapped him and anointed him, then buried him in the tomb. These tombs are often cave-like, and a big rock is used to cover the mouth of the cave. This day's reading brought up so many emotions. It's exhausting and moving and shocking and terrible and beautiful. I can't get over it. In light of what we know about God's sovereignty, that He's the one who sets rulers in their places of authority, like Jesus said in verse 11, then we know God was sovereign over every trial Jesus encountered and every ruler who handed down a verdict. And we know God was sovereign over all those verdicts that resulted in Christ's death, because Revelation 13, 8 tells us the cross was the plan even before the world was formed. Jesus willingly died this death in order to pay our sin debt. He made a way for us at the expense of his own life. What a loving, generous God. He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay.